Pipe Network presents. Every time I try to strum a string, it just resonates happiness within me. Do you get me? Yeah, so, so that's kind of like what pulled me into the ukulele. And of course, uh, you know me, a sprinter. So uh, I had to, I got myself like a really cheap ukulele and I learned all the chords on that ukulele. I name all my ukuleles like uh, Lucy. Hey folks, welcome back to The Rajiv Show and I'm your host Rajiv Doreswami and this show aims to help reach out to those who are currently struggling in life and to remind you that life is indeed beautiful when you're inspired to make it your own. Before we get into this episode, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to whichever platform you are using. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and on TikTok at The Rajiv Show. Hey folks, welcome back to The Rajiv Show. And uh, we have one of the most energetic, most vibrant type of personalities that I've ever encountered. Aside from, of course, the phenomenal conversations that I've had over the Let's Talk series. But I want to introduce to you guys one phenomenal conversationalist, one hell of a ukulele player. And by the end of this recording, he's definitely a nominee of the PPD Awards. Three times, man. Phenomenal, phenomenal guest. Andrew Tupinio. Hey, pal, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Oh, please hold the applause. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, how are you? Before we get into the conversation, of course... Could you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, aside from the stuff that I mentioned, of course? Hi, so I'm Andrew. I like um, I like to take long walks on the beach. Oh wait, no, this isn't the oh oh this is the wrong show. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Wait, hold on. Let me get my notes. Okay, joking. Uh, hi, I'm Andrew. I am from Davao City. I am a uh, a person and I don't know I, I, I never really know what to say in these types of things <laughs> um, can I have like a guiding question like what do you want to know <laughs> about you what do you do and uh, where okay, you are in I, life you know <laughs> okay what do I do well I am a uh, I do a lot of things in life uh I'm a financial advisor. I, I'm also a um, a podcaster, of course. Duh. Uh, a YouTuber. Uh, I do a lot of things. I, I do anything that comes into my brain. And then it, it just... It's just there until I do it and then it leaves. Do you get me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm there with so, you. <laughs> so, uh, one time I was an interior designer. Mm. Uh, one time I was um, 
I was a I'm, I'm trying to look at my room to see what I did. Uh, <laughs> a painter. One time I was a. I'm sure a you're reader. gonna add TV watcher. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know your LCD there is there. <laughs> Oh, but mainly I do a lot of. Uh, I, I'm also a fitness instructor on the side, so yeah. And that's that's mainly me. That's what I do. Awesome, awesome. And um, wow, <laughs> that was the longest. You had to think hard about that, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> I had to because I never really. I, I get again. I never really know what to say. In these types of questions, like introduce yourself. Uh, um, hi, I'm Andrew. That's it, really. <laughs> All right, then let's get into the meat and bones of this conversation. All right, first thing I gotta ask, of course, you've heard my recent podcast and stuff like that. First question is normally, if you and I were high school, who were you in high school? Okay. Um, if we were in high school, I'd definitely be that weird kid that ran, you know, like the the Naruto ninja way. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I can vision that now. Do Do you know those types of kids? Yeah, that, yeah. that's me. I'm that kid. Um, uh, I would also be that person who knew everybody for some reason. Hmm. And I would get along with anyone for, I, yeah, I would get along with anyone. And, but at the end of the day, it's just like, they see me as this weird kid who, who runs like Naruto. Well, um... Oh, and I, I'm also that kid who, who hangs out with people, uh, People older than than myself. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I would I would be hanging out with the older batches. I would be hanging out with the teachers after school. Huh. Yeah, I'm that I'm that kid. Interesting, interesting. Right off the bat, I have two questions. Uh, our follow up. The first one is um, I. You mentioned Naruto. You do the Naruto stuff. Are you a manga kind of person? Anime, manga stuff? Um, before, when I was a kid, I was definitely an anime kind of mm. kid. Uh, but now, I kind of I kind of do... I kind of lean towards more on manga. Mm. Wait, did I say manga or anime earlier? Anime. I said, said anime. Anime, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I was an anime kind of kid, and then I kind and then as I grew up, I kind of leaned towards um, manga. Mm. It kind of, cause like it changed the 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 stuff that you get on anime. Like, sure, the characters are moving and all that, but it's like I, I I'm in it for the story. You get mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to know what happens, so um, I kind of ended up, you know, just reading the manga instead and uh, it's not Naruto uh, I did not just you know like 
I am not that one guy who who says who loves anime yeah. slash manga and then just knows only about Naruto. <laughs> um, I actually read uh, my favorite manga right now is God. Uh, what was it? Skip Beat. Hmm, that's interesting. Still ongoing. Yeah. So it, it's about this actor. Uh, no, th- it's about okay. It's about this girl mm. who who runs away with this guy to Tokyo, mm. and then um, the the guy becomes a singer a superstar mm. and dumps the girl, Ooh. leaving her in Tokyo. And as revenge, she vows to become a famous actress and pay back. She's work. Yeah, she, that that's the whole premise of the of the manga, and Ooh, I just love it because it 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 works like a it works like a drama show, like the way that the chapters are set up. I, I just yeah. love it. Yeah, is that um, is that um, a, a mini series, graphic novel? How how does the what's the setup there? Is it one shot? How does the thing? According to your collection. oh, the, it's it's still it's still ongoing. Um, oh. I read it online. Oh. I like buy it online, mm. and then and then like I read as it comes out. Uh, technically, I'm not caught up yet because mm. I it kind of um, what happens is I I read and then I end up reading the whole night. Yeah, and then. The next day, I regret my decision, so I yeah. don't read for like months. So huh. the chapters pile on, and then <laughs> and then I end up ca- trying to catch up yeah. by reading, by pulling an all nighter. Yeah, and I would be like, "Oh crap, <laughs> I did it again." <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of like me. Uh, I'm a. I'm a what do you what do you call it? Like a collector of ideas. Like a, I, I like don't a, know. <laughs> a sprinter, a sprinter, and then like I sprint towards doing things, and then I stop, and then I sprint, and then I stop. Yeah, it's like that. But at least you have the discipline. It's like that you know? with me. It's it's good that you have at least the discipline reading. Yeah, it's funny. For me, <laughs> reading, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, it, it, yeah, <laughs> funny joke. We're just gonna keep that between ourselves. For me, reading, uh-huh. I don't know. It, it, to me, it's more about the environment that that gets me into that groove. I don't know. I I'm very uncomfortable reading in my room or even at home. It's funny when I was in college. Um, I want to share this also. Is that. Um, uh, the first book that I read, I remember Rich Dad Poor Dad. Of course, it's a financial book. It's not really nonfiction. Um, uh, not, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not fiction. Is that um, I read that within weeks, and I was kind of happy when I was reading it outside. You know, <clears throat> outside library. You know, our library was up in heaven. I remember, man. I I used to walk up to that that enormous building, and it, it's right up in the sky roof, and um, and yeah, I mean, reading the read there, and then after that, after some time, 
I uh, when I head back home, I have like a library full of books. Uh, we have a funny joke there, but we're not gonna discuss that. Is that yeah? I have books and books here and piles of books. <laughs> and um, after that, once I got into the rich dad poor dad things, things started pouring. I think I mentioned this in one of my previous conversations as well. But the latest thing, the, the latest book that uh, got me hooked was The Godfather. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel comfortable reading somewhere else aside from where I am. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, something about the idea of home being for the home, you know, for the needs of the home. But, you know, <laughs> reading is not ideally homey yeah, for I, me. I don't know. I, I don't I know kinda, if that I made sense. I kind of understand that because like, because like being at home is like, Oh, I'm here to chill. I'm here to relax. I'm here to like not think. Maybe yeah. you know, yeah. like I, I'm here to recharge. Where, but if I want to read, I, I have to be somewhere else. Yeah. So that my brain can get going. Because and the the home is just associated with it, with yeah. like yeah. relaxing and recharging. True. The funny part about that is. When um, when I was reading this uh, book, I- I'm sure some few re- uh, some few listeners out there who who love Mario Puzo, I read this book Omerta, and um, I was hooked into it. Actually, I mean, there were times where yeah, in the pandemic, I, I kind of left it aside because it kind of did the spoiler thing before the ending itself. I think it's thirty percent of the book mm-hmm. already. I nearly read the thirty percent of the book, and I was engaged with this um, uh, spoiler I'm uh, not really a spoilery thing but the main ca- uh, the character that I like uh, happens to die and then there's this case that you know gets solved over that period it's funny uh, there's a chapter where they reveal the killer the killer is this and then every time I want to open that book I often ask myself is it really that worth it because by the time I already know who the killer is and the killer who killed my favorite character it kind of gave me that justice already and I'm just thinking whether is there anything else to be solved I mean I'm already good I mean they should have cut the book from there itself because I think it was page uh, saying 70 or 80 I, I don't remember the page but yeah it was like 30% of the book now I don't really feel like continuing but yeah the environment and the <laughs> stories are the thing that really interesting. I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it up front because I think I've said this in countless uh, collaborations that I've spoken to as well, is that I'm a huge mafia buff kind of guy. And um, ever since I saw The Godfather 1, 2, and 3, of course, uh, the third one, a uh, bit okay okayish. I kind of got hooked to it and then I was watching it and then it was from there, you know, it was kind of the same pattern as yours with the anime transitioning Uh into manga. You know, it was kind of the movies got me first and then uh, when I read the book, I mean, I read the book, I think two years ago or prior to this recording, I think it was a year ago or two years ago and uh, I finished that book and I kind of enjoyed uh, enjoyed the the book more than the movies because it kind of fleshes out the characters and you know it's just hard imagining uh, it, the only thing about the movies is of course the imagination how the imagination kind of plays its tricks but yeah it's really fun and uh, yeah that's one thing I love about books I wanted to add that's the thing though when I when I read 
okay, for example, uh, there was a time in my young adult life where I read a lot, uh, where I read the whole Hunger Games. And wow. after that, I watched the movie mm. and I was like, this is not what was going on in my head. Ah, <laughs> you had, but <laughs> do you get me? I gotta ask though, like, what's the visual? Im- do you, when you read, you kind of visualize it as a second person, third person when you're reading? I gotta ask. When you're that in that moment with the book. Or that depends oh, on I, the book. I envision it like a movie. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, it kind of depends on the book. Because yeah. sometimes there are books that, that do it in first person. Then yeah. you kind of see it in from their point of view. But, yeah. um, uh, like, for example, uh, in, like, Hunger Games, I never... Like, uh, there was this one scene yeah. where... Sp- spoiler. Uh, one of the main character one of the characters important to the main character dies mm. and i'm like like that that was not how i imagined uh. her death oops the oops. death to happen <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i was kind of like wait what <laughs> wait wait what <laughs> wait what so i, <laughs> I had to rereading <laughs> the book after I watched that movie, the question I wanted to ask is that um, when you read when you read the series or a book or ma- manga, do you read them from one to ten or one to one hundred, or do you just skip like okay, I'm gonna read this for the hype and then and then something else, you know, something else is coming. Okay, I want. How do you read basically? Oh, do you mean like sporadically? Like, do yeah. I? Your discipline. Do I like in reading? Hmm. Okay. Back then, I used to have a time for reading. Oh. So, it used to be like at night I read, and then that was when I would fall down a hole, and I would end up staying up all night reading it. Um. But now it's kind of like, oh, I got some time. I can open up a book. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I have like a book here on my bedside table. I, I read it before I go to bed. Uh. It's like about photography. So, yeah. yeah. It's more of like when I have free time, I read. Yeah. If I don't have free time, I'm sorry, book. But, <laughs> but back wait. to the bookshelf for you. Back to the discipline part, though. When when you read, is it the same habit as you are when you know you mentioned you you get into the rabbit hole and all that stuff? Oh, right now, no. Uh, because we are always at home. It's like I have so much time to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> do you get me? It's like yeah. oh. Uh, I could read you, but oh, I'm busy doing nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that kind of makes sense. And yeah, sometimes, I to that. <laughs> and sometimes, yeah. And sometimes I really just put on a audiobook. Uh, <laughs> interesting. You know who reads books? 
<laughs> wink wink <laughs> yeah interesting i mean uh yeah we had a phenomenal opening with the uh, books i want to transition to one thing that you've mentioned fitness um uh how how did you get into fitness i mean moving on from reading of course uh, reading you you mentioned habit but sometimes mm-hmm. it's also like uh, you know sense of paradise but what is, is there a story that got you into fitness is it that arnold schwarzenegger motivation video on youtube that you saw that i got to do this I, i don't know why i did an arnold schwarzenegger impression but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what got you into fitness i mean because that is, that is yeah that is one monster in itself It's not just the mindset that you get into it's more the physicality and uh, you know the challenges that you you go through especially as an instructor you have to you have to feel it before you teach it you know that's the one thing about fitness that's the thing so what got you there Okay so I I used to be like a uh an exer- uh you know how I told you like I would always get into things like in a sprint and then I would like take a break and then I would sprint into it again yeah like that so fitness was kind of like one of those things um it started out as an uh, as a hobby and then um during that time I think it was like, how long have I been ooh oh okay hold on if you count like college years Because I've been a fitness instructor, my whole college, my co- my whole college life. Hmm. Um, Could you take us back to when I was in college? When was that story? If there's there's some story there. Oh my God! I hate I hate counting the years. <laughs> <laughs> no, but take us back. 2020. Yeah, take us back okay. uh, the moments, not the years. Back in my day, um, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so during that time, I I was only into it as like a hobby. Like yeah. I would, you know, I love to exercise. Um, I love to dance, even though I have two left feet. Uh, <laughs> even though my body is like a stick. Um, and uh, all of us. Sudden, my sister comes to me, and you know she's married, and she tells me, uh, "Andrew, I am pregnant with my second baby. Yeah. Uh, I need your help." During that time, I had graduate. I had just graduated from high school, and I took a sabbatical year from college. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, like it was like because. Truth be told, uh, the reason why I took a sabbatical year is because I wanted to take the upcat uh, because my my dumb brain was um, too too slow, like uh, was too late to react. It was too late for me to to apply for for it on my final year. I wanted to apply. F- I decided that I wanted to go to UP. Yeah. Um, on like. Right after I graduated, so 
<laughs> that was kind of the problem. So uh, I wanted to take the upcat, but the thing was, it's either that or I go to uh, a different college and then you know like keep my grades up and then like transfer to UP from there. But uh, I know I'm not gonna do well in school, so I was like, okay, I'm 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 going to try and take the upcat. Yeah. So that's why I took a sabbatical year. During that time, my sister was pregnant with her second child. And uh, during that time, she was teaching, uh, you know, like some Zumba classes. It's not really Zumba because, you know, uh, it's kind of like Zumba in the sense that it's, you know, like a group class and there's dance. and, And it's kind of like set up how Zumba is set up. But it's, you know, like hip-hop and mm. uh, other things aside from Zumba. Yeah. So, uh, since she was pregnant and uh, I was available, mm. I I took over her classes. And mm. one thing led to another. And until that was what was keeping me going through mm. college and that that paid my college in the final two years oh that's nice um yeah uh because uh i ended up uh landing a job at a local gym mm. for my last three years of college mm. so i used the money that i earned there to pay for my tuition and all that and yeah, and up until now, it's just this thing that I know how to do. And uh, even right now, during um, the pandemic, like uh, there are people who still want, who still, who are still looking for, you know, like fitness instructors uh, who mm-hmm. wants to, you know, like do aerobics and stuff like that. And um, I'm kind of, you know, their their guy for that. So that's so I cool. I go out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. At least at least you have something, you know, keeping you productive. Interesting. Yeah. And um what was the other question? There was I wanted to open this conversation to uh, how to be extroverted uh, because um, I think on our last conversation um, that wasn't mm-hmm. recorded of course yeah our last conversation that wasn't <laughs> recorded you know we were opening up a good conversation wink, about wink. being extroverted yeah I know wink wink but before we you know before we open the questions about extroversion and of course inspire a, a story and uh, hopefully an inspiring story to that and uh, motivational uh, piece before we go get into all that beautiful stuff i mean let's take a short break folks and then folks will be right back after these few messages catch the pisar tales weekly as we tackle issues about education and share experiences about teaching hosted by james australia available in your favorite podcast platforms 
Hey folks, welcome back to the right here with my guest, the energy, the one and only. Every time I Andrew Trinio. And um a we were we, earlier <laughs> earlier on we were speaking about gym and we were talking about me. manga, we were talking about books. You get me. Wink. wink. Yeah. So, so now, uh, that's kind mm -hmm. of like wink, wink. what pulled me uh, into the ukulele. Before we get into the, and the, the crazy stuff. Um I, I mentioned course, also in the uh, intro that you know me a sprinter, player. so I got uh, I had to I got myself like a really cheap ukulele and I learned you know, and, uh, all the gotta, chords I, I wanna, on that ukulele. I, wanna know the story there. I'm interested. I name all my ukuleles like uh, ukulele player. I gotta admit, uh, when I heard you, the reason why I wanted to have a conversation with you, and I think you know this already. I, I mentioned this to you before, is that um, during one of our catch-ups or in our community we uh we were i was surprised i was uh, surprised i think it was a game night in the pbd show and um it, it was a surprise that uh, you were there and then your ukulele was there and your music your voice i mean yeah that i i'm a sucker for for good sound for good tunes and um i i, I said i i told myself even though yeah i wasn't up to par during that entire ppd day i in the back of my head i said i need to to get andrew to my show <laughs> so i gotta ask you know what's the story oh. there how did you find that small five string and uh, four string and how what's the story okay this was a few years ago i had i was still with my ex i remember it because uh, my ex was who he was who, okay, hold on. My ex was who got me into ukulele playing. Hmm. He was a ukulele player. And uh, I was a big fan of this local indie band, uh, Thea, the band Thea. Hmm. And because they're local, of course, you could access them, right? So yeah. uh, I kind of... I kind of cheated a little bit and used my 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 blogging my vlogging you know uh, privileges mm. to get closer to the Banthea and yeah. it worked and all of a sudden I was invited to this this launch party of their ukulele um, community yeah. the Cuatro Cuerdas wow. and I was there they invited me and it was just you know how when uh, when an instrument or like something you see and you see it and it's like that is me hmm. that that was kind of like me with the ukulele because during that night with the where everyone was playing with the ukulele and how cute it was and how small it was and you know, like the, how it, it 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 sounds happy. Uh, I have I have my ukulele here right now. Hmm. You know, like like it's out of tune, but don't mind that. Um, it's it's how how every time I try to strum a string, it just resonates happiness within me you get me yeah 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 so 
So that's kind of like what pulled me into the ukulele. Mm. And of course, uh, you know me, a sprinter. So uh, I had to, I got myself like a really cheap ukulele and I learned all the chords on that ukulele. I name all my ladies like uh, Lucy. Huh. Uh, so this is Lucy number three. Ooh. My first Lucy was a small soprano ukulele. Oh, that must be and high pitched. Yeah, she she was high pitched. Uh, and then I I had I sold her to my sister's friend huh. for for some money. And then uh, I bought Lucy number two. And Lucy number two stayed with me for for years i think that was the ukulele that you saw me play is, is it the was it the black one or was it a red one i i, I don't remember that the you saw video. me play i don't remember the video anymore i mean but I, the the thing that caught my my head my my ear was the sound <laughs> i didn't really pay attention to the details i yeah Aww. i was I was having an off day. I think I remember that that day clearly, that night clearly. But yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, you kind of like. Okay, yeah. So that was my my second ukulele. The red. Uh, it was a red one. It was like a Le Le, Le Paul Les Paul Les Paul. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Les Paul. It, it was like a. You, Les Paul ukulele. I sold that during the pandemic, and yeah. I bought myself uh, with that money. Uh, I bought myself a. I downgraded a little bit. Uh, huh. I I've always wanted a Kala ukulele, because this was the the ukulele that uh, the band Thea, uh, hmm. the band Thea's ukulele player, told hmm. me to get. Uh, she told me. Her name is Thea Pitogo. She told me to get Kala or Makala mm. because it, it was like it was like one of the best types of ukulele brands out there. Mm. And I just I love you know, buying this now, I love it so much. And yeah, she's right. Like the sound is so much better. Then Lucy number two. So Lu this is Lucy number three. Hmm. <laughs> Say hi. Hi, Lucy <laughs> number three. Okay. Um, and, you know, every time I play it, it just, you know, makes me happy. Uh, it's my own little, you know, little... Sh it's my Insta sunshine. Oh, interesting. Y you're just taken to the beach with it. Cool. Uh, a quick question before we move into this thing. Uh, is that um, Kala ukulele is that is that something to do with the Hawaiian tuning or is it the same standard tuning as the standard ukulele it's tuned like a standard ukulele um, I think the, the difference is it's just the quality of the wood I forgot what wood uh. this was because when was, you said kala, it's like, I whoa, so... wait. I know I, I'm a I'm a string player myself. I mean classical guitar, nylon strings, uh, metal strings, mm -hmm. bass player. Uh, I I played a flat wound and stuff like that. So uh, I never knew that there were uh, ukulele had variations. 
and I think the tuning is in fifths. Uh, that's that's what I'm I'm told uh, by my professors. You know, because if you take the first four strings of the guitar uh, from the E, B, G, mm-hmm. and D, and you you put a capo on the fifth, that's basically the fifth of uh, sing. That's the fifth, and that's the standard tuning of a ukulele. Or I think I I, I don't know if I'm wrong, but yeah, is it that the same tuning? I don't remember the fifth tuning. Yeah, already. yeah, yeah. Oh. It is. It it it's like it's just the standard. All the ukuleles are the same, it, except for there's like there may be one where it's like a low E. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't understand the 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 hype of it. Mm. I, I I still have to get into it. Yeah, but. You know, mine. Is, this is just the standard, and uh, I'm already doing so much. I'm, I so... have a feeling you're having a ball and making more magic. I mean, yeah. there's there's when uh, you when you mentioned the word uh, saying uh, Hawaii. When I mentioned the word Hawaiian, the first thing that came to my head, uh, I was listening to this uh, tune. I mean, I'm still listening to this tune from time to time by. Um, the fearless flyers uh this these guys are instrumental guys and um Mm -hmm. and i was listening to this this song called uh, it's a hawaiian thing i don't know how to pronounce it kawa kawaiwa i think yeah kawaiwa it's a -A k-a-u-a-i don't ask me i (laughs) i'm i'm not hawaiian (laughs) yeah no but uh no but, but but what i'm trying to say there is that um when you listen to this piece, uh, for those who haven't heard this, is that this piece is very, um, very interesting. It's, it's very Hawaiian kind of uh, feel, and uh, it's got the vibe. It's got the simple groove, you know. It's got that laid-back, uh, you know, snare bass, and then every everything in the background. You feel like you're in Hawaii, basically. You know, you you got the welcoming stuff and uh, whatever Hawaiian stuff that you know. And um, that's the Hawaiian, and I think the or- origin of what I know in—I'm not a historian of uh, instruments, but I think I, I've been told or I've seen that the beginnings of uh, ukulele instruments started in Hawaii, or the instrument moved from there. I don't know—it was a source of entertainment. But yeah, that's that's my knowledge of it. Like I said, I'm not a historian, and I respect the instrument because I know it's a part of the guitar family and. Um, Although I, I feel uncomfortable playing it, but yeah, <laughs> for me, yeah, because it's I'm, small. It, it's not really the size that that uh, thing. The funny thing about it is the, it, it's something to do with the mind muscle connection. See, for me, bass player, oh, bass okay. uh, guitar, yeah. it's easy to transition between those two, because you know you got the six string, and then if you take the bass, you just take out yeah, the. Yeah, yeah high E and the B string and then you just take that and that's your bass and it's the same pattern for me I'm a pattern thinker when I see um, when I see a, like a scale or you know I'm not getting into theory here folks don't worry um, what I'm trying to say is that uh, when you're playing it <laughs> pattern wise you know it's easy to memorize and then your muscle memory kind of you know it, it, it's easier to to figure it out you know and but but when you you play fifth and you, you tune it to fifths and you have to find the scale, it takes time for the muscle memory to to get into that sound. I don't care whether the sound, I don't care whether it's the size of the Titanic as long as it plays a tune, 
and it has some patterns and I can memorize it, then it'll be easy for me. But yeah, that's just me. That's just my my true sense about that. But I really I respect the instrument. You see, this is what because when I was young, my mom bought me a a guitar. Huh. I could not play a guitar at hmm. all. Because I always thought I was like a I no. Uh, it's not the side. It I just could not for some reason, and when I when I held the ukulele, it was like, oh my god, it's much easier. I, I can play an instrument. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you it's didn't like settle down this for bongos. Instrument man. is made for me. <laughs> bongos would have been easy. I don't care what tuning this is. I don't care whether oh. I'm drunk or I'm happy. I'm just hitting some stuff. <laughs> you know what's you know what's easier? Yeah. The triangle. Oh yeah, but if you're in an orchestra, yeah. it's the toughest. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a funny joke that was circulating during our the theory class. It's the most easiest instrument to play, but when you're with an orchestra and let's say the piece is like, it has sections like you have A, B, C, D, and then. Mostly it has five sections and then towards the end, ding! <laughs> it's funny. Uh, my, my professor, I remember, uh, we were laughing about it is that if in case, oh yeah, we had this on Rondalia, the, one of our guitarists, uh, I don't know, they were just having fun and then wanted to play and sing. And they were making fun and it's a good thing that, um, uh, yeah, he was educating us about uh, the sections, you know, I mentioned earlier, the ABC section. And um, he mentioned that you gotta have that because if in case your triangle player will be like waiting, 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 and then once you finish, especially if you're having a medley or having a nice piece of music and you don't know where the sections are, let's say first part, section A, section B, or one, two, three, or however the numbering system is, you have to have that so that at least when you when you miss uh, when you're conducting or you're playing the music. And you miss a particular note, especially when you're a conductor, you miss that particular note. You have to go back from the top. You know, instead of that, at least let's say you made a mistake from in between A and B. So that section somewhere there, somewhere in midway A. So you, in, when you miss that, the conductor would go to A instead of going all the way back to thing. And then let's say the section has like the F, you know, and then the triangle player will be in the end. Mm. Like he misses, he was supposed to just do that. He'll be sleeping, and then ding, <laughs> he misses that particular piece. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> oh man, that brought back so many memories in college. And yeah, I mean, uh, that's the that's the fun part, uh, <laughs> playing musical instruments. It's just that, you know, for me, personally, I'm a pattern player. You give me anything pattern, I have to patternize it in my my way of seeing it. Because I otherwise, it, it won't dial in. That's my thing. But anyway, let's transition. Mm-hmm. Because uh, before the break, I think I mentioned that um, I asked the most important question. And the most important question is how to be an extrovert. Because you, you are a very bubbly character. From the first time we met, the first time you said hi, we we ha- we kind of knocked knocked it off the park because I love your energy, and um, the reason why I'm asking you this is because for me, I don't really like to consider believe the belief of labels, but I also I always 
transition smoothly from being an introverted to extroverted and i don't really stay in the mid i don't know if i if, if the word middle is the ambivert style i don't know there's something about that that uh i don't know it's a thing but i gotta ask i'm sure some few introvert introverted folks who want to learn to be extroverted I want to ask this question on on their behalf is that uh, how do you become extroverted if you were in, if if you have a story to tell feel, feel free how do you become an extroverted okay I, I i just said extroverted um that that's me i'm extra um yeah. <laughs> extroverted um how do you become extroverted well You know, it's for me. It's always about connecting with the other person mm. that you're talking to. Um, I, I, I am an extrovert, but I can't do that thing where I can where I can command a crowd. I can't. I can't do that. I can't lead a crowd. Mm. I blend in the crowd. But if We're in a one-on-one. Yeah, I, I will understand you. I will know you. I will, I will feel your emotions. I, because being being an extrovert, it's 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 a, all about you know, for at least for me, it's about making the connection with the other person, hmm. making that that person-to-person connection. Hmm. Introverted is like. For me, it's like, oh, the energy is is being generated when I'm alone. Hmm. But for me, the energy it's generated when I'm with someone, and uh, that's that's always been me. If if you, I'm the type of person that you give me uh, and uh, this this energy, and I will give this back to you. Um, a story, like, hold on. Mm, I'm gonna have to think about that. But before, before you get but, into a story, yeah. Um, before you get into a story, I gotta ask, mm-hmm. what is your approach? Because um, for me, being here for for almost five years, um, I think one thing that I've learned for five years being in the Philippines. Uh, is that I have a failure in communication in terms of the idea of approach, and uh, it, mm-hmm. uh, every time, every time, it's, uh, uh, when I when I meet people, it's that I, I have that challenge. You know, it's like uh, impair, <laughs> it's like a disability, because uh, when when I started out in college, uh, the way I, the way I saw things is that. My intention is good to, towards the people, but that's how I see things. Mm-hmm. But people see it in the negative sense immediately, and um, I don't know uh, wh- what's wrong in my approach. See, like I said, I can transition from both into thing, and the introvertedness was not really a part of me because, um, uh, by nature, yeah, I, I think I mentioned that. I've been isolated, so those years when I was isolated, it kind of became like my fresh air already. So it kind of, it, it came natural to me, and then when I transitioned back into society, it was more uh, very hard, and it's very 
it, it, it's degrading when when you're trying hard to approach people and then you know people don't like it and then you know you you go down that path and then it goes back to kind of that's why I, I i mentioned in countless uh, podcast episodes are uh, mentions that i i can transition to an introverted because of that because of the sense of the environment and how is your approach i mean do you study the person first do you do you do you watch them from afar and say okay i want to understand the mannerisms and stuff like this and then approach or you approach and ask questions you know like a salesman you know you ask the questions first before you give in uh, to the sales portion honestly it's all about you know just knowing the kind of energy that they give oh so it's, it's hard to it's hard to explain yeah you feel it um i'm a very i think part of why that's why i am is because i always try to think of what the other person is feeling and what the yeah. other person is thinking yeah and i think that that's lent me to some great friendships because hmm. like uh there was a time in in high school hmm. uh when uh i made friends with you know the introverted people the yeah. the the people who were loners uh the people who didn't you know like conversate much not yeah who could not be with other people because other people find them too weird you know it it's it's all about feeling their energy and mixing mixing them mixing that energy with your own hmm. and then you create something together i i love it i mean for me it's just my challenge i guess it's it, it's uh to each his own when it comes to approaches because for me i really i've always wanted to wanted to know the right way of being extroverted in such a way that i don't i i think i i think you know this that there are certain levels of being extroverted to this to the point that it becomes narcissism uh, mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of extroverted who have a little bit of self control they don't really say much about themselves and they they approach and it's more like a kind of leadership quality but there there are some as extroverted but really more narcissistic than ever is more <laughs> narcissism than uh, saying extroverted so i've always been curious i and to my approach so i mean i understand by feel by vibes that's that's an interesting thing i mean I, i'd keep that in mind and next time uh, hopefully when this pandemic is done i want to understand and see if i could integrate how you you try it and then see if perhaps it works because to me it's always a challenge that's the one thing i guess in my life that i i've always challenged especially and knowing the fact that now after after before the pandemic i was trying to spread my wings as as they say and uh, you know uh, i wanted to spread my wings and try to meet people and then reach out and you know it's a, it's a challenge online because one is you don't have that face to face kind of connection because you're far away you know and uh, that's my challenge mm-hmm. I, i hopefully hopefully i improve on my skill in approaching and uh, yeah if not of course i always have to transition into that silent um silent character of mine but anyway 
we need to wrap up this conversation. I've I've learned a lot about how to be an extroverted, um, and now we know that you got books. Wink, of wink. mixing energies, and yes, uh, and it's in, I, I love your story about working out. That's good. I love the fact that you're still out there and you're helping promoting health in in a time of crisis where people let themselves go. More power to you, pal. But uh, before we wrap in this entire show, of course, if my listeners would love to connect with you via social media, how do they find you, pal? Um, okay, if you want to find me, I'm all over the internet. Just look for me uh, at the Andrew Tops. That's T-H-E-A-N-D-R-E-W-T-O-P-S. Um, I also have a podcast full of spooky, spooky stuff. The Frightening, Alarming, Real Life Tales show. And... I'm trying to think. Am I, am I somewhere else? You're good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. I'm there. Awesome. Awesome. I want to thank my guest, Andrew Tupinio. We we had a phenomenal conversation. We opened up a box that was supposed to be a hidden joke. But yeah. <laughs> uh, by the end of the release <laughs> of this episode, probably everybody knows that we, we love to laugh at ourselves. And we are weird people. And uh, I want to thank my guest, Andrew, well, thank you so much. Hopefully, uh, somewhere down the line, we'd, we'd collaborate some more and hopefully you'd come back to perhaps the next coming seasons. And um, uh, yeah, that would be fun. I really be hope interesting. so. And uh, I want to thank mm-hmm. you. I want to thank you so much for, for being a part of the Rajiv show. I mean, I hope my listeners also learned a thing or two. That uh, And uh, thank you again. Thank you, Andrew Pinio. More power to you. More power to mm, your podcast. You. And um, thank you. Uh, yeah. And for those who are listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, cheers, folks. I will see you in the next episode.